0: So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I am obsessed with today's episode because we have a special guest, but also just the topics that we're talking about literally light my soul on fire and... I'm just obsessed with the conversations. So on this week, we have Angie Lee, who's one of the co-founders of a eight-figure wellness brand called My Soul CBD. And on this episode, we dive into not only her story of like the early days of her business, how she started it, like her why, and we also dive into just how she has built a super customer centric brand where the customer comes first. and. This is my love language, people. I'm writing my own business book literally about this very thing. So it's something that I'm just so passionate about, and I love the conversation, and I love how Angie just talks about building her um, brand, really leveraging customers, listening to customers, treating the customers well, caring about her people, and it's working because she now has built this to an eight-figure brand in just a couple years. So Angie is a, if you do not follow her on Instagram too, please make sure you follow her. She is one of the funniest damn people that I have followed ever. And she's just hysterical and she'll just make you laugh. So she has been doing a lot of different things over the years, but she essentially helps women to own their weird and start before they are ready. She is just obsessed with helping you to just be your own weird person. (laughs) Uh, She's a podcaster, speaker, comedian, and a serial entrepreneur, Um, She's a college and corporate dropout with ADHD. She decided to screw the rules and forge her own path. And 13 years later, she's built a loyal community. She calls them the baby grandmas that binge her no bullshit wellness and career and peer pants worthy videos about the hilarities of womenhood. Um, From selling out live events with thousands of women to growing a podcast to millions of downloads and building soul to a eight figure wellness brand. She is a permission slip for women to unapologetically own. they're weird, start before they're ready, weird, vivacious, and funny as hell. She is the friend you want in your corner. And I can pretty much vouch for all that. (laughs) All right, my friends, this is a fantastic episode. So grab a huge glass of champagne today, I think. And let's dive into it. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. I'm so happy to have you on here.
1: Yay. Awesome. I'm so happy. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So obviously um you know I love your brand and your CBD brand. I think you're like one of the funniest people <laughs> that I've ever watched on social media. And just like for me I really resonate just cuz you're very authentic. I think unlike a lot of other people you just kind of like wave the freak flag kind of thing and I love that. Like it's so authentic and it's so relatable. Um but so for those of you who maybe don't know who you are, just introduce yourself and yeah, anything you want to share.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh yeah. So I, in a cliff note, you know, it's funny when I introduce myself now, cause I feel like I have so many different, different roles. But, uh, mm-hmm. when I was in college, I started a blog and this is gosh, 13, 14 years ago, started as a health and wellness coach that transitioned into marketing coaching. And then now it's really transitioned into lifestyle content and influencer. I own soul with my brother, which we'll get into, uh, it's a DTC mm-hmm. brand, a wellness brand that we own that we started four years ago that now has blown up and that started as just kind of a silly, what if this works idea. Um, I'm a speaker, a podcaster, a comedian. And yeah, now my big life goal is to uh, go be a comedian. So it, it's definitely had its uh, transitions over the last decade. But I mean, how lo- boring would life be if I was still doing the same thing I was doing 13 years ago anyway? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. And I, I love that you're diving into the comedian stuff because yeah. I I still I have this as one of my save videos. You did a video where you were. I don't know what it was. It was like the Bitcoin guy with like the wig and he's like calling the mom and, you know, oh, I can't pay my oh, rent or something like that. Like, Brian. I love- yeah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Brian. <laughs> I, like, I probably have watched that video like 20 times. I think it's like the funniest thing. And like, I definitely make fun of like the bro marketers um, from YouTube. And it's like, oh, like I'm going to stand in front of my rented Ferrari. And like, I'm going to help you make right. eight figures, like, you know, from one video or like this email sequence or my, buy my book and I'll make you, you know, you can make a million bucks in your underwear doing nothing. And like, I love Thank that. So yeah, I, yeah. I resonate with that so
1: much. <laughs> <laughs> that one was really fun to script and film, and then I have a new one coming out called uh, "Bros Who" podcast. So get ready; it's basically oh, no, bringing Brian it. back and the the funny things that dudes say when they're podcasting. So he's Brian is making a comeback. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm excited! Yeah, it's so funny. It's just like so it's so relatable because you really see these idiots with their you know on YouTube and anyway. Um, okay, cool. I just wanted to let you know I love that video. I'm a huge fan of that video. <laughs> That His just inspired character. me to bring
1: Brian back even more. I'm like, okay, clubhouse, oh, Brian. Clubhouse to. Brian.
0: I think like so many people resonate with the, the fakeness yeah. of all that. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this podcast is definitely catered around like female founder stories. So you have your CBD brand. We can definitely talk about that. But like, what I would love to just talk about is like what the beginning stages of that business, like what made you start it? What did the early days look like? Anything you want to kind of share um, about that journey? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Soul has been uh, a very interesting journey because when Mike and I, my brother, my brother and I own the company together, he's the CEO. Uh, I do a lot of the creative direction. I help with social media. I overlook the bigger picture when it comes to marketing and creative. Uh, I joke and call myself the CFO, the chief fund officer. So Mike (laughs) does a the day to day, it is cute when people think I'm a CEO. I'm like, oh no 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 no, I am not a CEO. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm a I'm a creative. I am not a operations gal at all. But he's running the day to day. But it it is pretty incredible. Now we have a team of 25 people. I mean, it's it's gotten really oh, wow big compared to what it started as. Yeah, when it started, it was in my kitchen in LA, and I was taking CBD for anxiety, sleep, and pain. Mike was taking it as an athlete for a lot of pain in his body and, and inflammation. And it was kind of a joke. We were like, hey, what if we put our heads together and we started a business? I had a fo- uh, somewhat of a, a following in a community. Mike was loving the product and he had a community as well. So we thought, okay, well, we at least will have a few customers when we start. So let's mm-hmm. let's do this. And we went to farms to get the sourcing and all of that. We, we flew out to Kentucky and Colorado.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's crazy because we put about sixty dollars to $70,000 of our own money into the business. And we, at the time, I mean, that's a chunk of change. It's not like a zillion dollars, but it's a chunk of change where we mm-hmm. thought, okay, if we never see this again, financially we'll be okay. We have other jobs, but should we risk this? Like we could turn the $60,000 into something great, or we will never see it again. And we fail. And I'm mm-hmm. very uh, Enneagram seven. I'm like, the world's endless, right? Like, let's, let's just try anything and everything. And who cares? I love throwing money at stuff. And Mike's very logical. And he's like, mm, let's think about this. Let's, hmm. you know, put it into an Excel document. I'm like, let's just go. Let's just see what happens. You know, money is money. Who cares? So I'm, you know, I'm not always the smartest <laughs> with some business decisions. So don't take that as advice. But um, we're, we complement each other very well. So you we put that in and Man, it's been now five years of the craziest roller coaster because in the beginning, we were shipping out of my house. I mean, my house was the warehouse. We Mm -hmm. were literally packaging stuff. I was putting our stickers on, our branding. We got from 99 Designs just because we were on a budget when we started. And from there, it's really grown. And like I said, now we have a team, CMO, CEO, or additional um, operations, COO. And it's grown now into an eight figure business and we're going to be selling in the next year or two so it's just like so crazy um, to think that it started as kind of like a joke one day and mm-hmm. just full honesty, I was like yeah, let's make a business out of it people need this and 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 um you know to to be honest we we did look at the market at the time and and CBD at the time was it was really good timing. I think that's important to keep in mind when it comes to business is not only knowing your niche and your demographic and who you're speaking to, but the timing of what you're launching and at the time, the wellness industry was booming and people were really interested in CBD and mm-hmm. it it grew from there. And we've focused a ton on affiliate marketing. I would say that's one of the biggest initiatives mm-hmm. that's really moved the needle in our business, our branding and yeah, our branding and affiliate marketing has really been the focus over the last few years. And it, it's just crazy to think because when we started, we, we were pretty certain we would just be a CBD tincture line. And then... We branched out into gummies. We have a sleep drink coming out in a few months, and then we mm-hmm. actually have products that are non-CBD coming. So we have we have rebranded to Soul, and um, we're not Soul CBD anymore. We're we're a wellness brand that is gonna have some other products that don't include CBD. So it's crazy how in just five years it's it's changed so much. The mission and and the the growth of it has just it's all evolved when uh, we thought it would just be a CBD tincture company. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to ride the wave and and uh, we, we've we just constantly been pivoting as we've been going, so. That's so yeah.
0: interesting. And I love that you're, because I sold my first business, it was not as big as your business, but it was definitely a huge, um, you know, it's like a huge milestone in in any like entrepreneur's life of selling a business. Mm-hmm. It's just really fun. But I know yeah. for me, like if I ever do another product business, I will I will only do it with the realm of like, I will sell this one day. When you guys were starting, did you did you think like, oh yeah, we're gonna sell it? Or was it just like cause I never again, I was very like new in the entrepreneurial space. So I didn't think like, oh, I'm gonna sell this, but um did you so yeah, did you plan on it when you were first starting or? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. We we have uh built to sell that if you uh, any of the listeners have read that book, Built to Sell, it's a phenomenal book mm-hmm. that basically breaks down the difference between building a company to own it for a while and essentially buy yourself a job for a while, which can be great, honestly. If you're paying mm-hmm. yourself well and it's it's working like a machine, why not? And then there's building a company with the intention of, I mean, it's a totally different game plan, but it's it's the intention of somebody is going to buy this one day and take it over. Now, the only reason we've been very clear on. Built to sell since the beginning. And I'm very transparent about it. I know you're like not, not supposed to talk about it as the founder because people are like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why not tell women? You know, why not just be honest about what we're doing? The the only reason why we did is because CBD unfortunately is such a weird industry with the legalities of it and blah, 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 mm-hmm. which is so silly and stupid. It's like 2023. It's so weird that it's still a conversation. Like, what? <laughs> But unfortunately, there's some weird stuff with the borders of Canada and all that stuff. And there's a lot of headaches with it. So we want to get out and then go into something that doesn't have um, as much restriction when it comes to mm-hmm. ads. I mean, the fact that we've done so well with restrictions when it comes to our paid marketing and even what our influencers can and can't say, I mean, it's crazy. So we're like, wow, imagine what we could do if we didn't have handcuffs on when it comes to... um, uh, yeah the legalities of, of the, the cannabis industry. So yeah, our margins are incredible, but then we can't say certain things that are just like, we should be able to say like, this made me sleep better. It's like, well, wait, how do you have to word that? So yeah, <laughs> gosh, it's it's sometimes it's a headache
0: for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I need to read that book too. I've heard it. I've heard about the book. I just haven't read it yet. That's yeah. Fascinating. I know. I, there's one of my resolutions for 2023 is to read a business book every month. And I've read, I've read two. They're very money, like money and money mindset focused right now, but I do, I'm always looking for new ones. So I'll have to grab that one. So, yeah. yeah, So talk about like the early days a little bit. Cause I know like, you know, you had a community with a following your brother is coming in like with a different, um, what's it called? Like left or right brain type situation. Um, Mm. like loves the Excel sheets. How, how did you guys when you guys were first launching, like, did you think it would grow like this? Did you have the vision? Cause I feel like you're also like a visionary person. Did you feel like, okay, yeah. we're going to build something fucking
1: awesome here. You know, I knew it would do well. I didn't know it would do what's happening now, but, but I did, I had a feeling it would do well just because again, like I said, I'm kind of like an eternal optimist. I'm like, let's go this is going to do awesome. This is going to work. I'm just, that's like always my mindset when I go into stuff. But Mike and I had owned a, Mike and I had owned a business previously, a food distribution company when I was in my early twenties. Cause Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, I have this genius idea. There should be healthy food delivered to people's doorstep. Like, oh, I don't know. HelloFresh is now like a billion dollar (laughs) business. And I'm like, wait, I had this idea. What the heck? So we started it. We tried it. Oh my gosh. My my best advice for anyone is don't ever go into the food industry. It's the worst <laughs> industry mm-hmm. you could ever go into. Why would you get into food? I don't know if you want to go broke. Like it's just, you know, we had salmon dishes that would like go bad and we had a factory (laughs) and we had chefs and I, we knew nothing about the restaurant industry, nothing about food. I was just like, people need healthy food on their doorstep. My friends and my mom were like dropping off the stuff in a little van. Like it was hilarious. So my God, (laughs) that ended up not doing well. So I think in the beginning, Mike was a little bit more, he was a little bit more risk adverse where he was like, okay, let's just play it safe. Let's play it safe. And I'm like, let's spend money to make money. He's like, let's play it safe. So Mm -hmm. he's really come more onto my side and I've learned a lot about his side. But especially when it comes to marketing, like a lot of these big DTC brands, you'll see they're pumping out ads. They're spending a lot. And they Mm -hmm. say they're making a lot, but they're spending pretty much as much as they're making. So they're not really in the positive. So we've really done a really good job of balancing. Like we spend a lot on ads, but we're very profitable. We're actually profitable right now. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of companies, they're not. So I think that's always kind of been the dance of like, how much are we spending to still stay profitable so we can be sellable to somebody it's like a constant dance so yeah in the beginning i i had a feeling it would do well but i think i think that is i'm very honest with people about how important it is to have some sort of community and or do some market research around your product before you launch to make sure it's something that people want and to listen to your customers so I've been very customer centric with soul and I've really obsessed about what do they want? What do they want to see next? What's the next flavor? Uh, sending out surveys. What what do people actually want? And working backwards versus just like, Oh, we have this awesome idea. I don't know if people want to buy it. Let's see if people buy it. I think that's like the, the kind of the wrong way to obviously do business. So yeah, I think that uh, in the beginning I had an idea, but it wasn't until we brought on team members that I really started to see, okay, this could really grow into something. But then it got scarier too, because then you have all these (laughs) salaries. So I think it's like, we Mm -hmm. knew we needed the help when it got to the point where two of my best friends and my mom were helping us to package stuff and ship stuff. And we couldn't do it anymore. But then also like, oh my God, this is scary to hire on our first full-time employee. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's been a lot of just scary moment after scary moment, but that's where trust comes in. As cheesy as it is to say, you have to trust like, okay, is this going to turn into something uh, bigger than, than we thought. And so, yeah. And I think now Mike's dealing with a lot of the, I mean, selling a company comes a lot of headaches. I think people think it's sexy and fun and glamorous and, Oh, well, you're just gonna have all this money. And what do you, it's like, no, you, first of all, <laughs> you got to pay out a lot of taxes. Second of all, there's other people who have equity. Third of all, like all the paperwork and everything you have to do and finding the, it's, it's like, it's quite possibly the most stressful thing you'll ever go through, they say, in the business is the end right there before you mm-hmm. get the cash or whatever it is you you get. So I think people think it's like sexy and glamorous. And I'm like, no, I think uh, Mike's ready to lose his mind. Oh, no. <laughs> no I'm just honest with people, right? Because you see like the whole founder story. You're like, oh, they're just can to be, you know, set for life. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Know, it's going to come with a lot of headaches. So, um, but very, very grateful. It, a lot of it has grown because of affiliate marketing and our obsession with getting people to spread the word. I've, I've always been huge on that. Like, get your customers to tell their friends about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's our focus right now in 2023 as well, even more so, is how can we get more influencers and, and affiliates to share about us?
0: I love that. And like, that's pretty much... So I'm writing a business book and it's literally called Customer Obsession. So I feel like we're mm-hmm. on the same... Oh my God we're on the same wavelength cuz that's how i grew my first business. I didn't use paid advertising. Um i was this little teeny person trying to figure out how the fuck to do all this stuff and like i was like okay, well the low hanging fruit is like creating an awesome experience for my customers and then yeah. having them turn into like my brand evangelists and promoting me for me yes. or promoting the brand for me and it works. It, and so many people don't utilize that. And they just run into like I have to do paid ads. I have to do Facebook ads. You know, I have to do spend all day on Instagram. But it's like, get your customers to promote you for you. So yeah, I love that so much. And it works.
1: Oh, yeah. And and customer service. We have like five girls right now who we make sure every single email is answered to. It's answered to well. People are taken care of. I remember in the beginning, I mean, listen, when you're in the beginning of a physical product brand, things break. Uh, you're You you don't have your, your shipping... The, the process isn't clean yet. So we have glass tinctures. We've got these gummy bottles. And we would, of course, here and there, you're going to get, what happened to this? It, you know, what do I do with this? And I remember just being like, whatever serves the customer, do
0: mm-hmm. it.
1: I don't care if we lose 5 10 bucks, every person this happens to, send them another bottle. Send them this. Do this. Like, we're always going above and beyond. Like, if it makes them happy, do it. Send it. And I think a lot of people are nervous to do that because then you're losing money. It does. It's cost us money and time and, and energy mm-hmm. to do that. but. I'm like, I'd rather pay someone. I'd rather bring on another customer service person and make hundreds of more people happy who are then going to tell their friends that we they have a great experience with us than not because, I mean, I'm a consumer. I buy stuff all day long. And there's mm-hmm. times where I'm like, oh my God, I, I want to return a t-shirt or change the size or just something simple. And you don't get any... It's so hard to have that human touch anymore. It's like mm-hmm. impossible and it sucks. It's like just trying to buy a t-shirt over here. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah, we're we're really on it. We we're obsessed with customer service. It's like one of our biggest things and I I just really think the brands that are going to stand out in uh in the next 5-10 years are the brands who are still obsessed with customer service versus like oh we'll just put a chat box there and like hopefully it works. Oh, uh, yes. Right? It's like no, you yeah. got to answer your people, especially if people are paying or spending a lot with you. And we have people who spend a few thousand dollars a year with us. It's like, hey, we're going to make sure that you're taken care of and here and there if something breaks or you need an extra of something, like we're going to send it. So I think being very liberal with your mindset of your product and and taking care of your customer, it mm-hmm. always, it always pays off. Not only just emotionally, it feels good to give back, but it, it does. You just, you just notice like weeks later, someone will be like, Oh my God, because you treated me like that. I told my, my sister and my friend. And then it just, yeah. and so I'm so, I'm so glad you're writing that book because it's sometimes not measurable though. That's why people don't want to do it because they're like, well, if I'm nice to Susie Smith and yeah. send her a replacement product, what's the point? I just wasted 40 bucks in shipping. It's like, yeah, but you don't know who Susie's going to go tell. And it's just... Yeah. So it's hard to measure it like financially. So if you're just focused on the ROI, a lot of times people are like, well, whatever. Who cares about the customer? Let's just focus on the the, the ROI. But if you focus too much on the numbers and not the people, you end up in a, a pretty uh, bad situation.
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And I think like a lot of people just look at that. They think of a customer buying as like a one-time thing, but they're not thinking big picture. Like, okay, if I get, if I get someone in once I fix the customer service issue, they're going to come back and buy again. Like what's the customer lifetime value. And just like you, you said, like they're going to tell their friends and then those sales come in. So yeah, I am like a customer experience, um, freak. Yeah. And it's like, I used to obsess about that for my brand too. And I think so many people don't, don't do that because they think kind of in like a small mindset, like, Oh my God, I, I have to, I'll lose $5. I'll
1: lose $10, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, I, I have friends who her launching some brands and on Etsy, she has a candle shop, and she said that she's like, "Well, I don't want to spend the extra five dollars in shipping." Like her candle broke. I'm like, "Dude, you you have to like this yeah. is the game. You're gonna yeah, you have yeah. to be willing to sacrifice the now for the long term because because mm-hmm. Mike and I have spent so much on that and technically didn't make as much for years. Now we're gonna end up with a nice chunk of change. So it's like, yeah, it's it always ends up paying off because it isn't the sexy like, oh, you just pay yourself a ton in the beginning. In the beginning, it's like, no, how can I make sure my customers are taken care of, my team is taken care of, and then you Mm -hmm. pay yourself. So I think there's just so much of it that needs to be demystified too. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I think people think it's just easy and simple, but yeah, customer service is, it's everything. It's so important. It's so important to remember that these are humans who are buying from you. It's not just a little number coming in, a machine, but I think it's hard now because everything's digital. You forget that that's that's a real person with a heartbeat. You forget that that's a person who cares and who needs help. So it's easy to it's easy to just see it as numbers.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And like, I think it's always important too for a small business is like how can you separate yourself from from Amazon? You know, it's like yeah. you have to humanize your business. You have to humanize your brand. So um you're not another amazon or like how do you compete with amazon so um but yeah and also you mentioned like the chats and all that i think those are really challenging because like Mm -hmm. you type in a question like i need help my candle broke and it's like you get the little ai person who gives you like 75 different choices Mm -hmm. and you're like i just want to fucking talk to a person just like when you call your bank it's like yeah. Are you a returning customer? Are you a new customer? Press one for this. Press three if you're like an alien. And you sit yeah, yeah. there for 10 minutes unless you start screaming into the phone like customer support, customer service person. Um, I know. It, it's fr- and that experience yeah. for customers is very frustrating. If you don't make it easy to access, uh, not access, to access like
1: someone to help you, you're just pissing yeah. your customers off. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I think honestly even if you don't have a physical product brand I think with my personal brand I'm trying to always answer everyone and people think it's crazy but it's it's my job this is what I do full time so of course me sitting there and spending an hour and going through and answering DMs or mm-hmm. you know it's it's I love to do it I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't naturally just want to be a community builder so I think you also have to have a passion for that if if you're wanting to get into this kind of business whether it's a personal brand or a physical product you just have to love people and actually want to help people. Because if not, it's not It's not a good idea to get into. In, in that case, you might as well just do like drop shipping on Amazon or something where you don't have to interact. Yeah. With, or I don't know, where you don't have to interact with people, I guess. Yeah. No,
0: I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. And when did you just
0: like going back to your earlier days of the business, when did you feel like, like, okay, wow, things are taking off? What was that? Is there like a moment or like maybe a certain year that you've had your business where things shifted from like okay i'm shipping these from my i think you said your house yeah to like okay we have a warehouse we have a team of 25 people that's a lot of people where was like that shift
1: yeah i feel like there was a few moments where i remember uh mike calling me and he was in la at the time and uh well yeah there was a portion where we were both in la and then i moved to san diego and i remember he was like hey this is like we need to hire more people like we we can't, we can't be, it's not making sense for us to be shipping this ourselves anymore. What do we do? And Mm -hmm. you have to take that leap of like, okay, well, we're saving time, right? Or money because we're, we're the labor. But then you realize like, no, 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 you're not. Like I have to, I was still building my brand and speaking and podcasting doing stuff. I couldn't be sitting there packing up boxes and stuff. So yeah, we just got to the point where we're like, okay, this is like a big leap for us. And we finally could financially afford it, but it was scary to finally take that leap, and then I remember when we made our first hundred thousand dollar month. That was when we were like, "Oh my god!" Oh. Mike was like, "We were rich," and I was like, "Yeah, we've made it." <laughs> I uh, was like, "We, what life is? You know, we're set for life." And then you realize you have to like pay out everyone and all this stuff, and you're like, "Okay, I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not rich." <laughs> That's a you know, you're though. Like, then you're like okay yeah oh taxes okay anyways I'm broke again but no I think that that was like a <laughs> surreal moment of like oh my god like this is working like people are buying this and then the subscriptions I think that was huge when we were like wait like we have so many resubscribes. We have thousands of people on subscription now. So it's it's like, oh, wow. that to us was surreal when we had our first like 100 people on subscription. We were like, oh my gosh, this is, people want it again. People mm-hmm. want it again. They do like it. Oh, it works. I mean, like we knew it works, but like they like it. They like the taste. Um, we're very taste centric. So we were kind of like nervous of subscription for like, okay, if we could just get like five people on and then 10 people on and then 50. And I remember thinking like 100 people on subscription was like, oh my God, again, like, we've wow, made it. this is crazy. <laughs> so, so I think each t- each time we've had those little milestones, we've been really grateful. And uh, it's been kind of like a surreal moment. Because again, like I said, our intention was to just have a small business in LA, maybe sell it at some shops, see what <laughs> happens. But then it quickly, yeah, it got to the point where Mike was like, hey, if we're going to do this. And I'm putting so much time into this. Let's go all in. Like, Let's do this. Let's build this to a huge multi-million dollar brand and sell it one day. And Mike's Mike's a little bit more money focused than me. I think he he he's has a huge heart, but he, he that's a driver for him. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit more like, what's the experience and is it going to be fun? But he was the one who was like, we're going in, we're doing this, we're going to make a shitload of money, let's go. And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so it, it it's been interesting to have that like dynamic of it where he's like the man, he's like purpose, you know, like we got to be focused. And I'm like, but uh, you know, are we having fun with our customers? So. It's been interesting. Yeah. yeah, there was a few moments that, like that where you make your first, whatever that, that milestone moment is of the, the sales or subscriptions where you're like, wow, this is becoming a thing. And, and I had one of my events, Pace to Be Brave 2018. And I remember that was a big moment too because I had a live event with a few hundred women. That was one of my first big, big ones in San Diego. And I remember at there we had like a huge weekend of sales and that's when people, we really noticed like in person meeting a lot of our customers, how much they loved it and how much it was helping them. And that was another moment of like, wait, this is real. This is happening. So we've had a few of those, those little moments.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Also, yeah. like a hundred thousand dollar a month is that's pretty that's pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm especially right. when you're selling product. I mean, you it you yeah. know, there's costs, there's costs involved for sure. So mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it's 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 been interesting because it just shows that if you're really focused on the customer and you're obsessed with the branding and the creative and the things that more so have to do with yeah making the customer happy and that whole process, mm-hmm. the the money comes from that. But if you just focus on that, I just don't think that's the smartest way to do it anymore. Um, yeah. Because then you, like we said, you, you, you neglect the customer.
0: And I also think too, you're, you're like, I'm a big packaging person. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with like the poppies of the world. And yeah. if you have... Well, great... that's a big inspo. We've used poppy a lot in our branding meetings. so. Oh really? Yeah, they're like they. I literally was having a podcast this morning with someone where we were talking about starting businesses, and I was like, you know what? Want to know my dream? I was like, I have a dream of starting a cold brew in a can, but it's like cold brew in a can, poppy style. And then she was yeah. like, I've never heard of them. And I was like, How have you never heard of Poppy? Like yeah. they are branding geniuses, and like it's yeah. very simple. It's like the little strawberry with like you know yellow straw or I don't know what color it is anyway, but. It's just so fun and it stands out and it pops off of a shelf if you go yeah. through like a target or something. So yeah, I just wanted to point out like your packaging is yeah, beautiful. The branding is beautiful. Yeah. It's like so fun and colorful. So
1: oh, I hope you like our new packaging coming because we have a whole new brand coming. So I'm like, oh, let's see if you like the new one. I think you will oh, really it's we're yeah, we're we're just more flavor focused now more than ever. So that's our niche in mm-hmm. in the wellness and CBD spaces. We're flavors. Um our gummies are obviously very delicious. And so we're really trying to lean into that. So our new labels, you'll see, it has the the. It's very poppy esque, which I've used on a lot of our mood boards because obviously, mm-hmm. like, look at my nails and my shirt. I, lo- I love poppy, so I love we've it. used that a lot for the inspo. <laughs> like, they're a flavor brand, their drinks or a flavor brand. We're just something, you know, we're a supplement. It's similar but different, and you see a lot of the fruit on our new branding. Um, mm-hmm. it, It's very, it's a little bit more that. like colorful, not cartoonish. I don't want to say cartoon, but um, it has more of a playful, colorful. Flavor forward feel to it versus the old one with the bubbles and the white was a little bit more like modern sleek-ish. Hmm. This is a little bit more playful, even which I think Mike was a little nervous to lean that way. But I and Clay, um, my my partner, my fiance, he is a really really has helped a lot with the creative direction and he was really helping us to lean into that. So when we made that hmm. decision, we were like, okay. We're gonna be flavors. Like, let's make our label look delicious. Let's let's when you see that strawberry in the label, you're like, I want this gummy right now. Like this, the strawberry looks so juicy and so good. So yeah, that's our focus. Is literally making it where that the label itself makes you hungry. You're like, oh my God, I need to eat this gummy right now.
0: Oh my God, I love that. I can't wait to see it. That's yeah. I'm like, I hope you like I'm it. Oh,
1: I'm nervous. I will, I will.
0: Um, yeah, but I do think, like, in terms of just packaging not only just stuff that like pops off of a shelf, but when people are scrolling through social media and scrolling through like, here are the best CBD companies to buy from. And when you're scrolling through a blog post and you see this beautiful, bright or beautiful thing with branding on a package, like you you naturally are going to stop and like, oh, wait, what's that? What's that one? You know? Yeah. So I think that's really smart to go like the fun. Yeah. I think you can't go wrong with that route, like fun, colorful. So
1: I love that. Yeah. I think, I think Mike's fear was like, okay, well, this is more female leaning. You know, this is more of like female leaning. And I'm like, okay, listen, bro. One, we are, our customer base is like 70% now women. Two, women are mostly the buyers in the home, even if it's for her husband, they're, they're the consumers. So it's been proven we're the buyers. Mm -hmm. So I like that. And I obviously was pushing for that. I'm like, okay, I don't want it so girly that you feel like it's like, a dude doesn't want to pick up the gummies. He's like, okay, this is kind of like feels girly to be eating or whatever. But mm-hmm. I did want it so, but I did want it more playful. So I think that's always been our dance. Is like, how do we keep it fun and playful, but it's not so girly that Mike's like, really, this is like a little like, come on. <laughs> so yeah, we're always we're always <laughs> balancing that out. But I mean, most of our customers are women, so it's kind of like whether we wanted that to happen or not, we might as well. Cater to that to that demographic
0: yeah no absolutely I think obviously you you know you guys have done a fantastic job if you are you know planning to sell soon and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff do you feel like once you sell do you want to do another product business I know that you mentioned earlier like wanting to go beyond the CBD so you don't have all the restrictions are you
1: thinking of doing like another company or like what would be next for you yeah, that's so interesting. I think Mike and Mike's already been thinking of that because I think a mistake a lot of people make is um they don't do anything then and then they become depressed because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't have to do anything now. And it's kind of like Me Mike too. and I are just both so young. So I think there's still obviously endless time to still do a lot of fun stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We're we're kind of noodling on that. He 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 would like to do possibly uh a sleep, a sleep uh company. So we would just be sleep products like sleep gummies and drinks and that's really been a skew for us. That's our biggest skew by far. I mean, it just blows everything out of the water. So we'd like to maybe expand Sleepy. So we'd either launch a sleep company, which would be like baby grandma-esque, which would be kind of fun. Um, but I personally would love to launch, if I do keep into products, I don't know if I want to keep going into products, to be honest, there's, there, there, uh, there's a lot. So I don't I don't know. I, I like more of just content creation and it's uh, lower overhead and it's more fun for me. But if I was to and I had a partner and someone who was building it with me, I think I would then want to get into um. Once I have kids, I want to do like a mom product. Like once I'm pregnant, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to get some cool ideas of like things that don't exist in the the mom or pregnancy world, like some crunchy lotion or I don't know. I, I think that will be my next niche. I just have this feeling kind of like that's going to be like my thing that I'm going to be really obsessed with, and I'm like wanting to launch. I just don't know what it is yet. So that's my idea. So
0: I love <laughs> those that. are the two things brewing. And I feel like there's always when you go through, like, I have a, my son is seven now, so it's been a while, but like when you have pregnant, you're pregnant or like you're in the mom stage, there's so many phases with babies to toddlers to like young adults really. And like, there's so many problems to solve with different variety of products. So I feel like you're, it's a
1: great demographic. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, not only business wise, really smart, but if you're passionate about it, it's like, it's so easy to talk to because you know, you're talking to. Yeah. And, just seen all my friends go through it. There's like little things like, Oh, I wish this existed or I wish this, or there's just still such unhealthy products out there for, for babies and kids. I mean, it's not an industry that genuinely cares about your kid's health. So it's like, what, what, what could I, how could I help with that in some capacity, whether it's the toys or the diapers or the food, or I don't know, like, there's just so much that's toxic. So I'm like, Oh, maybe I'd go into like crunchy mom stuff. I don't know. That's always kind of been like on my head. I'm I'm on my mind. It like an idea, but um yeah. I don't know if I would do that with Mike then or but regardless I would if I did do it again I would of course similar I would have a CEO I would have a team um and someone to balance out uh my weaknesses and then I think Mike similar would want to have it where he's partnering with someone where it's like they're bringing the creative and he can he can run it or I don't know he also wants to just take the money. And he wants, he wants to be a surfer full time. He wants to have a surf shop. Oh, so <laughs> nice. Oh, that's so cool. So he also just wants to live in Costa Rica and surf. So
0: we oh don't God. know to be
1: determined.
0: <laughs> and there's obviously time to like figure out those decisions. But yeah, I feel like when, once you have yeah. a business and then you like sell it, it just like the world is sort of just one big opportunity. So yeah. 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 That's
1: yeah. No yeah. one ever asks me that. So that's like a really good question. I don't ah, think I've ever like cool. answered that ever. I'm like, I don't know like we we think about it we talk about it kind of but mm-hmm. um yeah you see a lot of people when they sell like it's the common thing is like they get like really sad after because then they're kind of like the game is over yeah. and they've worked so hard building this thing that feels like a kid it's like we've mm-hmm. grown it we've, we've been there with it and and so they get sad because they're like well I don't feel like I'm part of something anymore so I do think mm-hmm. it is important for founders who like to be busy and want to continuously feel like they're part of a new thing and that feeling of birthing something into the world that's creative. I do think you have to quickly start a new brand or something just so you don't feel a sense of like, well, what's the point now? And then you don't, you know, I just have had so many friends who, mm-hmm. I mean, huge exits, I mean, hundred million dollar exits and like are more depressed than you'd ever imagine. Wow. It's really sad. And it's something that I think people need to talk about more. Cause I'm like, what, what is going on here? Like, what is the correlation between they mm-hmm. have everything you think you'd want on paper and they're still not happy. So it, it's just a reminder of, not only fulfillment, but like if you are a creative person and you enjoy doing this, it's it, it's not all of a sudden going to be fixed when that's over. Mm-hmm. You have to still be doing that and expressing yourself creatively or starting things. So, yeah, that's been like the craziest thing lately to see a bunch of founder friends and people that I know of going through like the hardest times of their life. I am like, holy, this is serious. Oh, wow! Isn't that crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went through a hard time after I sold my business, but I think I, my yeah. situation was different because like I had started my business when my son was six months old. I was going through really oh. bad postpartum depression. And so my business was kind of like the thing that got me out of that like black hole. But then Wait, I what basically- was the business. So my first business was called the Dapper Dog Box. So it was an e-commerce like pet store. I manufactured dog bandanas, definitely like really cute pet things. Um, But basically, I also had a high end like subscription box. So kind of like Bark Box, except high end. You started beautiful. this when he was
1: six months. So you were just like, yeah. you were already kind of getting back to feeling good and ready to do something. And you were like, let's go. No, not even feeling good. I was like feeling
0: awful i was going through really bad postpartum depression and i was like oh, i because wow. i like left my marketing career moved across the country we moved to california didn't know anyone which yeah. in hindsight was like a really stupid decision <laughs> um but like the business i thought of it one day at the gym and literally a month later i was sitting at starbucks working on the logo launched wow. it a couple months later and i i grew it and i did it by myself but it was like that business like brought me back to life almost however I also work myself to the ground and really bad burnout. And then when I sold it, I was like, okay, I'm going to like apply for corporate jobs so I can have balance in my life because like, yeah, yeah, because I'll have balance if I work for like an Amazon or something. Um, And I couldn't, like, I wasn't getting any jobs and I was like, what the hell? I have all this experience. Mm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own thing. And I decided to grab Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. And I was like, I want to help people start their own product-based business. And that's okay. kind of like where I ended up where I am today. But like, I went through a really hard year after, cause I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and wow. Like I'm miserable. Like I was so miserable. I think I was more miserable that year than I was really any other time. And I think it's cause I need something to do. And I think yeah. once you have your business and you're your own boss and you can be creative, um, you have like a sense of purpose almost. So I feel like if oh, that's absolutely it's taken away, over, you're over. like,
1: what do I do? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're creatures of growth, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that growth is to you, it could be the smallest baby step or it could be something massive. We need to grow as humans. And so when you feel like the growth is over, it's kind of like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And that's when people get depression because it's a sense of that loss of what's mm-hmm. what's the point, you know? And so I do think it's been very interesting to have those mental health conversations with friends who have more money than God and are just like, this, I'm, wow. I don't know what to do now. And I'm like, wow, who yeah. knew that like, this is what would happen. Yeah. And so it makes you think like, how do you not, how do you make sure that doesn't happen? And I think it's because, yeah, like you said, you just, you want to feel like you're part of something exciting. A lot of people, mm-hmm. your team and your, your, your employees too, like you get to know them. They're like become your family. And then you're just like, see ya. <laughs> so yeah. it makes sense why there's this sense of disconnection after that. So I do think it's smart that you were like, let me just do the next thing I'm I'm passionate about. That's mm-hmm. very smart to, do that instead of not of letting the energy like fester in you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and I always think like I didn't get the jobs because I was meant to do what I'm doing now. You know, like I'm yeah, meant. Yeah, that's a way to so see it. it. Always works out. Um, but yeah, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm just have one more question. If you, yeah. just like this is kind of like a cheesy question, but like <laughs> people that are like new, early stage in their business yeah. that are struggling, like. What would be your best piece of advice for someone who's starting a product based business and like
1: they just don't know what the hell to do to grow? Like, what would you tell them? I would really focus on first of all. I think there's no shame in. I think in the entrepreneurship world, especially online, you see the sexy, glamorous like, quit your job and just do your passion overnight. And I think that that can serve. <laughs> many people who thrive on uncertainty. But for those who don't as much, there's nothing wrong with starting it first as a side hustle and starting it on the side, doing the market research. You have your job that pays your bills just enough so you at least feel somewhat comfortable. So you're not coming from this anxious scarcity mindset of like, if I don't sell, I can't feed myself this week. I don't think that's a healthy energy to create from and be creative from. Mm -hmm. So one, there's no shame in that. Majority of people Mike was a full-time athlete traveling, boxing, doing all that. I had chosen speaking and it wasn't like we just both had nothing we were doing. We we, mm-hmm. we we had other jobs and full-time things we were doing and we took that money from those two jobs to put into it. So I think one, there's no shame in that. and 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 then you can come from a more relaxed state of like, okay, can I take the time to do some market research? Can I see if this is a product people actually need? What is the niche? How do I stand out? What's my unique value proposition aka what's your secret sauce how do you stand out in the market right now what's your voice what's your tone of it you know it it, mm-hmm. it needs that time to grow like the analogy of a kid like you can't just throw it out there and expect it to just be a, a teenager or an adult it needs the 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 development and so i think taking the time to to get as much feedback as you can about the first iteration how can i make it better who is this for exactly who needs this product maybe it's a pain point you've had in your life and you're solving it connecting your product to a story. Storytelling has always been one of the best ways to market, but more so than ever, you're going to see that on social and on all marketing platforms is people connect to founders who have are expressing that this is something they've desired in their life or this fix something for them. And so mm-hmm. really focusing on, I would say, storytelling and doing market research and feeling good in that a little bit before you just like have this idea for a product that you're just like naked in the shower one day and thought it's a zillion dollar idea, but you never, you know, looked up to see, is it a need? Does it exist? Is it a thing? And then you just like put a million dollars into it, go into debt and then nobody's buying it. But your grandma, you know, I think you have to, <laughs> you can go in some baby steps before you're just investing your whole life savings into an idea you had in the shower one day. I do think that there's, there's a balance between, yeah, be a dreamer, but also like there's nothing wrong with taking that first year and assessing stuff. That was a lot of what we did in the first year. It was, not fun. I wanted to come out with like cool boxes and more expensive branding. I wanted to do all these fun things. And Mike was like, Mm -hmm. Angie, not yet. In like two or three years, we can have fun, but not yet. We don't have the money to really do that yet. And I I first just want to see
0: how Mm -hmm. the
1: product helps people. I just want to build our social proof. I just want to have our website have a lot of great testimonials. So as much as I was anxious to like, and eager to to have the cool branding and all those fun glitzy things. I'm glad that we went slow and steady in the beginning to then get the funds to now we can do fun boxes and do all this stuff. But I had to be patient, and so that would be my that would be my best advice in the beginning is is also to uh to be patient, be steady Eddie, but be patient.
0: <laughs> I love that so much because I think like I have you know a membership community and it's all product based people, and I think one of the biggest things I see constantly is like. I've launched my business six months ago, or like I posted two weeks of TikTok videos, but my account isn't growing. Like TikTok, I'm a failure. TikTok sucks. It doesn't work for me. I think everybody wants that like quick fix. It doesn't actually work. So I love that you coming from like you having a community, you also have two people building the brand, not just one person. And you yeah. still like took the baby steps, took the time and were patient to see the results. So I think that's awesome yeah. because I think so many of us um, don't have the patience and like won't put in those little s- steps to grow the business. You know, they're, you're expecting like the overnight success.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard though when you're ambitious and you want things to move quickly, it's mm-hmm. very hard not to want it all overnight, but Slow and steady does win the race. I do think there is value to getting your foundation really strong, you know, making sure your merchant processor works, making sure your website, everything is
0: mm-hmm. like
1: making sure it's good. I, I, I wouldn't give maybe this same advice always to creators who don't have a physical product. I'm like, whatever, put out content, let it be messy. You can delete the video. It doesn't, I'm a little bit more messy with that. Mm-hmm. this yes i'm still very messy ready as a lie but you have a physical product it needs to like it can't break when it gets to people's houses it needs to actually work and whether it's a t-shirt or it's whatever it, you does your shop function well is there customer service like we said in the beginning there's a yeah. there's more logistics there's more of an overhead there's more there's more of those things that you got to smooth out before you just launch it to the world and the next thing you know everything you know it, it maybe it's not functioning well so I do think physical products, they come with more headaches Mm -hmm. and more overhead, but the payoff and the return can be uh, a lot more than possibly um, service-based stuff. So you're just weighing out, you know, they each have pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much.
0: Yeah. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, So fun and appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Literally obsessed with this episode. We haven't had many people on the podcast where we have talked about this whole like building a customer-centric brand and I just love it. I love it. I love it. It literally lights my soul on fire because that is how I built my first product-based business. And it's something that I think isn't talked about enough. The whole how do you get your customers to become your super fans? How do you get your customers to become your brand evangelist for you? It's You have to do that because you treat them well. You listen to them. You treat them like humans. And that's what we talked about in this episode. So I just like literally one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. I hope you loved it so much. If you did, please be sure to leave a review on Apple iTunes. Of course, five stars and something positive <laughs> because – We don't really want to get negative reviews, do we? But I hope you love this episode. If you did, be sure to send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what you thought. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.